International Women's Day, celebrating the women at the Hit Network. Hi, I'm Gemma Fordham and I'm the head of the Hit Network. And today, to celebrate International Women's Day, we're talking to the wonderful women on air as part of our network. And now I'm joined by Ash London from our Sydney Breakfast Show and from our national show, Ash London Live. Hello, Ash. Hey, Jim. Thanks for having me on, Dal. <laughs> um, so, first of all, does International Women's Day mean anything to you? Well, it's I okay like, if it doesn't, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I feel like every day in my life is kind of International Women's Day because I love being a woman and especially in music at the moment. I am just surrounded by so many incredible artists. Like so much of the music I play is by women, especially Australian women. So it's kind of, it's a, it's a lifestyle almost for me, but I love that for one day of the year, we, you know, get to be a little louder and a little prouder about it, especially, you know, like, you know, we've got my whole show is dedicated to, to women I'm doing with Amy Shark. So it is special to me, yeah. And a lot of people may not realise how long you've actually been in the industry for and how long you've been really plugging away, you know, totally. to, to get to where you are now and you deserve it as well. Thank Do you, you want to talk about that a little bit? Because I think it's yeah. important that especially young women and men, this is a, this is obviously for, for everyone, understand the work ethic that you have and subsequently that's how you've got where you are. Yeah, and it's easy for me to forget that even too, Jen. Like I have moments where, you know, I think, oh God, you know, like I only worked you know, five hours today. My work day is over at 10 a.m. Oh, God, I'm so lucky. And then I realised, well, no, for 10 years I have been, you know, working my butt off uh, to get to this place where I can, you know, have four-hour workday some days, you know. Mm. So I, I went to university straight out of high school and did a media degree um, in, in TV and radio, but I skipped all the radio components because I was like, nah, radio's not for me. <laughs> I I'm did gonna, not know that. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to be in TV. I literally like didn't even do the group work for the radio assignment because I just thought, nah, that is not where my career <laughs> is headed. And um, yeah, I, I worked and lived in London for a couple of years and I remember I'd get paid every month and literally half my money would go to my rent, well, more than half my money would go to my rent and I literally just lived on, you know, carrots from Tesco and just, it was, I was so poor. And then came back to Australia and I knew that I wanted to work in music. So I, I literally just applied for a job, any job at any kind of music media place. So I worked for the company that made Take 40 Australia. So that was when I was kind of 23 and I was literally, it took me two years before I even did my first interview. So I wasn't even in the right department. I was writing radio ads. I was a copywriter, earning no money, working long hours. And it took me two years to get my first interview. But even then I wasn't being broadcast in those interviews. They were cutting my voice out and then yeah. established radio presenters were coming yeah. in and then revoicing it. So I wasn't even getting the credit. And I was the one who, you know, when they said, oh, we've got an Adele interview, but it's at midnight. Of course, I was the one who stayed at work until yeah. midnight and recorded my own interview and then was back at work at 8am. Yeah. But it meant that I got this, yeah, this amazing experience and I got to learn how to do interviews for probably five years before anyone even knew that I was doing them. So I got to make all my mistakes and, and do it that way. And it, by the time I you know, was on the radio, which was many years later, I wasn't new to it. And this time I was, you know, I wasn't intimidated by the artist in front of me. I'd, I'd learned how to do a great interview. So it was, it was a great experience, but I was very poor and very tired for a really long time <laughs> before it even started to pay off. 
Yeah, but as you say, it was like having the training wheels on and the beautiful thing is then you came along and it was like you just were an expert immediately. Totally, (laughs) absolutely right. And at that point, everyone thought I was so new to the industry and they were like, wow, you're so good for someone that's only been doing radio for six months. Um, And I was like, oh, no, I've been doing this for, you know, six years at this point, Mm. just, you know, plodding away. I mean, I was no good at radio. I could do the interviews, but live radio was a whole nother kettle of fish. And thank God I had an amazing co-host, Angus, who literally taught me what to do on the job because I was so, I was honestly, Gemma, if you heard me back then, you never would have hired me back a couple of years well, no, later. see, I did. See, I think, you, I think you're too hard on yourself. I did hear you at the end of that stint. Oh, and I think times when I like it would come out of a song and during the song, Angus would be like, okay, uh, I'm going to back announce and then you're going to tease what's coming up. I'm like, yep, okay, cool. you're going to back announce and I'm going to tease, you're going to back announce, I'm going to tease. And he'd do the back announce and then look at me and I would just stare <laughs> blankly back at him like I totally forgot what I meant to do. Well, you two are still best friends, so it couldn't have been too bad. <laughs> Absolutely. Like he is like my brother and I would not be where I am now without his patience and him teaching me how to, he cares so much and mm. he he really instilled in me a love of radio that uh, that it's, is now so deep in me that I couldn't imagine doing anything else, which is pretty amazing when you think back to my uni days 10 years ago where I was like, oh, no, I'm not doing radio. That's boring. No, I want my face out there. I want to be on yeah. TV. Yeah, yeah. I want to write movies <laughs> and I want to be on set. Now I do TV and I'm like, oh, God, this takes so long. Everything <laughs> takes so long. When I spoke to you about Sydney Breakfast or when Sydney Breakfast obviously all came eventuated, what was that like for you, that process of making that decision? Gem, it was so crazy because I have been in this studio doing nights for the better part of the last kind of four years. So I've seen all the brekkie shows come and go and I've, you know, been the one plugging away for eight or nine hours in the corner, you know, watching the all the cool brekkie hosts, you know, from my perspective back then, have it easy, right? Like mm. come in and do a couple of hours and, you know, be on the billboards and... Mm-hmm. Um, in all honesty, it was not something I imagined that I would do. I thought that's not the trajectory for me. I'm a music girl and, you know, I, I don't talk about my life and I don't share those sorts of things. I can just kind of keep doing this. So it honestly wasn't in the long-term plan, but then I think it was maybe, it was honestly even like six or seven months before we even discussed it. Something in me, I just had a feeling that that would be a conversation that would happen and nothing mm. had happened in the the world around me to make that, um, you know, apparent. It's just my gut was telling me that there might be a change coming. So it was something I had thought about, like what if they offered me this in a year or two years or three years, not knowing it would be so soon. And it wasn't until... I think I had met Grant and Ed and fallen in love with them that I even allowed myself to think that Bricky would be something I would do because I honestly never saw it coming. So if you told me two years ago, one year ago, you know, you'd be in a position where you'd be discussing the potential of doing breakfast radio, I'd be like, what? As if. But I... Yeah, I, I just trusted – it was all Trust a relationship the universe. Thing for me. Totally. You're, you're, I was got to say, you are a risk taker though, aren't you? Absolutely. You have to be, Jen. A lot of – I know. Well, I think uh, that's something that people would really – people who don't know you, we all know you, but you are a risk taker and whether that's been, um, you know, how you lived overseas and, and did that on a whim and then came back and decided to jump back into this as well. And yeah. 
a lot of people don't live their lives that way. And in fact, as this is going to sound, we're, we're meant to be, we're, we're, this is about celebrating women and encouraging women. So we may as well get, get into the, the guts of it. But in fact, we did a survey recently um, here at the station. We surveyed 5,000 women. And what was pretty sad actually was seven out of 10 women came back saying that they feel that their life is unfulfilled. Mm. And oh, that makes me want to cry. I know. Well, it, actually, exactly. It, it's, it's really, really sad. But the interesting thing is when you go the level deeper, that the reason they feel unfulfilled is they don't feel they've got spontaneity in their lives. Yeah, they don't feel like they get to, you know, go on the adventures that perhaps mm. they used to and don't feel like they get to achieve the goals that they were so passionate about when they were in their early 20s. And the reason that I raise it is that you do live your life that way. And so what, how is that? Because I think a lot of, a lot of people could learn from you on how do you approach that? How do you just take leaps of faith and just go, oh, screw it. Mm. I'm just going to throw in my career here and go to, (laughs) and go to London. And yeah, of course. Well, first of all, I'm so aware that for women, we have more responsibilities. So we don't have the luxury of being able to have three kids and never take a day off work. So I am so aware that for so many women, life gets in the way. You 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 become a mum and some things have to to take a you know, go on the back burner. And I think I mean the the, the downside of me taking so many risks is that I've had to put that off. So I'm at a point now where I'm 33 and newly married and not feel like I'm not ready to have kids because I really have only been living with my partner for a year. And, you know, so a lot of my friends now are having kids and I'm looking at them going, oh, maybe I should have done it earlier. But that was never, for me, I, it, I had to be a little bit selfish, Gem. So mm. I've always had a really clear belief in myself and a really clear vision that I wanted to live a life that I was proud of. And Mm. when I was going to have kids that I wanted to be able to show them that you can have it all. So for me, I knew that I always wanted to have it all. and I didn't want to have to choose between having a family and a career and, and travel. So I've always known, first of all, that while my work and my career is important, it isn't the number one thing in my life. At the end mm. of the day, all that matters is the relationship we have with ourselves and the people around us. All we have is each other, Gem. At the mm. end of the day, everything else can be taken away from us. But at the end of the day, human relationships are the, at the core of what is the most important thing. So I think I've always known that. I lost you know, my dad quite young and that was a really upsetting thing, but it meant that I was drawn to the people around me and, and you yeah. know, relationships were so important. And that instilled in me from a young age the fact that I wanted to live a tremendous life at mm. all costs. So it yeah. meant that I moved to to London as soon as I finished uni and I had that amazing years of travel and poorness. And then I came <laughs> back and I worked my ass off, you know, writing those ads and doing other people's interviews because I knew it would pay off one day. And then, you know, I got my first TV gig and then I moved into radio. And then I got to a point after a couple of years where – It just wasn't fulfilling me and I I didn't feel like my life was complete and I didn't feel like I was coming to work every day feeling happy and grateful to be here. Now, I'm so aware that this is the easiest, best, funnest job in the world. You know, it's easy work and it's work I love. But at the time, I was coming to work and not being happy to be here and I thought, me staying in this job is robbing someone else of the potential joy of doing this job. So it's time for me to step aside until a point where I feel like, 
this is going to make me happy again. And that was risky. That was terrifying. My manager yeah. was like, what are you doing? <laughs> like they want to renew your contract. This is money in the bank. And my beautiful boss, Jace, was so good to me and he let me, you know, like he listened to me when I said, because I felt like I was letting everyone down by leaving. But to his credit, he said, you know, Ash, we love you. And at the end of the day, like radio will take everything from you. You know, it, it, it requires so much. So if you're not willing and you can't give it, then go spread your wings and there will always be, we will always have open arms for you. You're, you're always welcome here. You can go with our blessing. And, you know, I had three male bosses at the time, including the GM of, you know, of Sydney at the time. And he sat me down and said, you know, I've got daughters. You've got to do what you yeah. want to do. Take the risks. Get it out of your system. And, you know, who knows, maybe one day you'll be back. So I left and I went and lived on a desert island I, in the Philippine Islands. I traveled through Asia. I ended up in London and I had no intention of coming back. I was living my best life. Well, not really my best life. I was so poor. Like I completely <laughs> ran out of money and I was staring down um. 30 years old, about to turn 30, and I was single, no money, no job, and I thought, oh boy, yep. I have really messed this up. But and life then, experience in yeah, abundance. I wouldn't trade it for the world. You came yeah. calling and then I came back And then home. it all came crashing down. <laughs> I know. Life got even more wonderful. Life, yeah, my dream yeah. job. I met my husband a month later. You know, yeah. like the universe came through for me, but it never would have if I'd stayed comfortable and said, oh, I could never leave this job. I'll never get another one. Or I can't travel. What will that do for my career? I'll never meet someone. You know, stuff yeah. that. You've got to back yourself and it, it totally paid off for me. I was talking to, uh, as part of this, as one of these podcasts, uh, Kate Langbrook about that because she's obviously just done that with taking her family to Italy for a year, amazing. which is such a, an amazing display of really going, let's just live life to the fullest um, totally. It's an, and a really brave thing to do. It is. Um, and her, her kids will remember that forever. Oh, you know, absolutely. And, and it might be uncomfortable now, but they will look back on that and it will give them so many experiences and give them the braveness to one day know that they can do it. You know, yeah. I can do this. I've done it before and I'm do it again. One of the things that is beautiful about you is that you do place a lot of importance on the balance in your life. And so you're mm. really mindful about mindfulness and about yes. mental health and looking after yourself. You really prioritise that in your life, don't you? Abso absolutely. Yeah. It all started for me when I was doing night radio, which is all consuming, starting work at some days 11 or 12 and usually being at work till about 10 p.m. So you're on air and it's high octane, high energy, and then you get home and you have to go to bed. And I was finding that I couldn't quieten my brain. There was too much going on and I wasn't sleeping well. So that's why I started mindfulness meditation just to kind of help myself get to sleep. But then as I started doing it, I realized that that balance was actually making me so much happier. It was making me better on air. It was making me a better partner, a better friend. And for me, that is a non-negotiable. Now these days, you know, meditation for me might not look like getting my mat out and sitting in silence for half an hour. It might mm. just be going to the beach for a swim by myself without my phone or going for a walk with my dog or, you know, I'm about to have a veggie, I'm building a veggie garden in my house mm. because that's another form of meditation. Because in this world, like I'm completely addicted to my mobile phone, you know, um, but it makes me unhappy and I find that it makes me depressed and it's not real life. It's not real interaction. If I can sit on my couch for three hours by myself, just looking at other people's lives, that isn't helping. So um, I have to be really careful with that. And it's, you know, my husband is really good at telling me, hey, Ash, I think you need to maybe put Instagram away and let's do some yoga or let's go for a walk mm. because you go crazy and you can so easily in this industry and in every industry 
slip into this life of comparison and this life where you're constantly living through a screen, but it's just not real life. And, you know, what we do on radio is a heightened version of reality. It's talking to lots of people and it's always looking for the one-liner, looking for the laugh. How can we keep this energy up? But there needs to be balance. Otherwise, you know, you don't live in the real world anymore. And I, I don't want to lose the joy from my life because we know what happens when I, when I lose that joy, when I'm not feeling happy, that's when I make crazy decisions like, I'm going to hop on a plane and go and <laughs> sit on a desert island for three years. <laughs> it's interesting the point you raise about Instagram because, or, or really any social media, I think a lot of people can relate to that, sitting mm. there and literally wasting time. That's, that, wasting. that's That's what it is, you know, and you're looking at stuff that is, it's not real. It makes me sick. <laughs> every, <laughs> because, it. and everyone does it and it's now become the norm. So uh, I think you did this too, but I... I challenged myself after reading an article about how much your life can change if you actually get off social media. Now, yeah. for the nature of the work that we do, you kind of have to be on social media. Yeah. That being said, I decided to do the challenge for two months. Sorry, this is self-indulgent for a minute, no, but I, I love it. it's a good it's actually it was a really interesting experiment for me. I think I'm going to get one of those you know, flip phones or something that all it has is snake because it's great. It's just ruining. My I love life. it. I think that's a genius <laughs> idea. Let yeah. us all know how it goes. I will. Um, before I let you go, I think the other important part of International Women's Day is in, is women supporting other women, of course, which is what we are all about here. But it's also about celebrating the men in your life that totally. are, are a huge part of supporting women. And I, you know, I know you've got some amazing men in your life, and I thought you might like to share. Oh, do I ever? I've had I've been so lucky. Yes, I have. I mean, I'm surrounded by amazing women. My mother is the greatest lady that's ever walked the face of the earth. So strong, so resilient, so fantastic. But I also have my big brother, who's ten years older than me, and he um, has always been like another parent. He's got four kids, and he's married, lives in Singapore, and works so hard, and has always, always, always been just the proudest person in the world. Like he's so successful. And like, to me, he's the most successful person I know, but he celebrates all of my wins and always has. And I look up to him so much. My content director, Jace, he's really been the only radio like boss I've ever had day to day. So when I started on nights, he was my ACD. When I moved into breakfast, he was my content director. And he is, honest to God, I, I love and adore him. He's always listens. He always has my back. He'll tell me when I'm being an idiot, but then he'll back me up when I have a valid point. So I trust him implicitly and I know that if I'm in a situation where I'm not comfortable with something, all I have to do is tell him and he will never force me to do anything, you know, untowards. And he yeah. he celebrates, you know, the things that, that, he, that I love about myself and never makes me change. Um, and then, of course, there's my amazing husband who I'm obsessed with and anyone who has met me for two minutes or follows <laughs> me on Instagram will know that. 32 years in the making, but worth the wait. And he, I mean, this is a man that when I got offered Sydney breakfast and that meant a move and, you know, he's got a great job, yep. there was never any doubt. He said to me, if that's what you want to do and that's, you know, what you feel is the next step, then off we go and oh. we'll do it. And there's no yeah. question, you know, there was never any ego about it for him. Like, what will I do? But what about me? He was like, no. So he believes in my potential and my dreams, I think more than even I do. And he will do anything it takes to protect me and encourage me. Also encourages me to just not take bullshit. You know, like I'm a very, sometimes too generous in giving and I'll kind of, 
do, do what I'm asked, even if it means I suffer. And he's really good at going, hey, Ash, you know, you don't have to, like, have a think about that. Is that going to really make you happy? Is that really something that you have to do? Or are you doing it because you feel like you need to, because you have nothing to prove? Mm. And he's, the biggest thing I learned from him is you've got nothing to prove, you know? Yeah. And he's yeah. kind. And at the end of the day, he's always kind. And I think he teaches me to be kind. And I can get really riled up sometimes. <laughs> I feel like, you know, and he's good at, yeah, but he is. Um, he's been he's, a big advocate as well, oh. which you and I have spoken about as well as, the, as you were just saying, the power of saying no. Totally. Which is, which is. A, so a hard, hard thing to do, but it's once hard, and you it is hard for women. It, yeah, like, and we don't want to admit that, but it is because we feel like there are only a, a, a finite amount of opportunities for women. So we feel like if we say no to something, then or oh, I'm not going to get another choice. Men don't think like that. As far as men are concerned, there's infinite possibilities, but for us as a woman, or oh, there's only finite amount of things that. But no, you know, and, and you know, he, in the way he talks about Fifi Box being, you know, he always says so often Fifi's the, the smartest woman in the room. And one of the things he said, like when I first got Brecky, he's like, well, you know, speak to Fifi. Like no one, she, she knows so much and he's the first people to champion. Women like Abby, who he absolutely adores as well in Brisbane, you know, he champions women and if we can have more, you know, men in the industry like that, then we're doing good. And I think more men in every industry in every like industry. that would be good. You're absolutely yeah. right. Absolutely right. Yeah. Well, you are divine as always and we love having you on air and it's a joy to listen to you every day. So thank you very much for sharing Thanks, and celebrating Jim. International Women's Day with us. And I, I should say before we go that I would never have come back to this network if you hadn't gotten me back and given me the free reign to do what I wanted. And you said to me, Ash, if... You don't want to have a male co-host. If you want to do this on your own, there's no reason you can't do that. And no one had ever said that to me before. And that meant the world. So thank you, Gem. You're an absolute gem. You are most welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, mate. International Women's Day. Celebrating the women at the Hit Network.